The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Basically, the family of Bray Wyatt uh, released a statement that said that um, he caught COVID Mm -hmm. and it um, accelerated or whatever you want to say, enhanced some heart issues that he has. Mm Kind of, I guess, the same thing with Keith Lee. You know, they said uh, it was really yeah. bad at a moment mm-hmm. where it was kind of like a moment there we were, weren't kind of sure what was going on with how sick he was. Mm-hmm. But apparently he had gotten through all of that. And, um, you know, everything like they had reported was going well. Mm-hmm. He had a heart attack today. <sighs> that is, oh. That's so sad. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Keep your masks on, people. Like, people think, like, COVID is over, so I know it's not. Yeah, it's just not the focus of the country right now, but it's still... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just... um, it's it's the it's the coupling of things, the tripling of things, because this happens to be death. So yeah, you know, I was prepared to celebrate the life and times of Terry Funk because mm-hmm. he's eighty years old and his health had been poor. So you know, yeah. You know, kind of mm-hmm. the next news you heard about him wasn't going to be very good, right? Yeah. But definitely wasn't prepared to mourn Bray Wyatt because that's right. Like everybody's going to have their own personal connection to him in mm-hmm. whatever way you saw him or however way you took him. Mm-hmm. So I came back to watching WWF wrestling as a totally jaded fan of like, you know, oh, it's not how it used to be. Oh, it's so awful. Oh, nobody does anything. Oh, nobody's good. Oh, 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 oh. It's just not like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to stick around for this. And then I saw Bray Wyatt. And I saw the entrance, the charisma, and the promo. And was like, I don't know what he the hell he's saying. Mm-hmm. Damn, he make it sound good. That entrance is amazing, and he is not like anybody else on this show. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick around for that guy. And then... Yep through time I kind of softened my you know it's not like it used to be stance and kind of got to a mentality of like look if I'm gonna enjoy it I'm gonna have to Mm -hmm. enjoy things for what they are now right Right. Mm -hmm. and a big part of that at the very top of that list was Bray Wyatt Mm -hmm. and I came in right at the tail end of the Daniel Bryan thing. Right. Uh-huh. 
so I kind of missed that. But from that point on, through the Wyatt family feuds, I was there. And mm-hmm. yeah, man, just some some fantastic creative stories, promos. One thing that I always just my personal thing was his matches never really had that oomph that I would would always hope for for him. I always hope that his matches would would Mm -hmm. give me a little bit more, but there's no doubt that I could guarantee that everything before the match was going to be on point. Right. That no matter what I thought the performance would lack, I know I was still going to be ready to see it. Mm -hmm. And that that will probably be what I take away from him is that nobody could draw you in to what they were doing no matter what you thought the booking was mm-hmm. you know I mean think about it you go from a I don't know a, a southern evangelist swamp person personality right to switch from that and and have multiple layers within that character right Mm -hmm. then you switch from that to a pseudo Mr. Rogers with all these characters and puppets and all this that is just the 180 of what he was right Right, and mm-hmm. you do that, and you captivate people, and you get people all caught up in that. To then go and be the fiend, which is a totally one eighty from the two other places you were, and have people all wrapped up in that too. There's, there's, there's not a lot of people who can do that. Take them on, yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. He's like the outcast of professional wrestling. No matter mm-hmm. how far out Outcast got, even if you, even like like they said, even if you didn't understand it till like three years later, mm-hmm. people were still willing to take the ride. And yeah. that's what a good professional wrestler is all about: make you take the ride. Mm-hmm. Like I never understood not a damn thing he was ever talking about. I'm like I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, but I'm here for it. Because the way the man knew how to spin a story, yeah, the way he knew how to like just draw you in, he could have said yabba dabba do. I don't know. I don't care. Sure, let's go for it. <laughs> like he's just able to just really dig into that character and just make it so believable. Whether he was the fiend, whether he was. Bray Wyatt with the like doing the exercise whether he was cult leader Bray Wyatt like it didn't matter he just like was able to just suck you into the story and dig into that character so you believed it no matter what you threw at him and he was just so good at making us so go okay I get it now his matches didn't care for them but that like didn't even matter when it just came to like crafting a story i'm like well i'm not going to enjoy the match but you know what i am going to enjoy this promo 
I'm going to enjoy this segment that's going to happen. I'm going to enjoy the, like, the story building and everything like that. And it's just, like, oh, that's so sad. It's, like, it's like a great wrestling mind that's, like, lost. Definitely, definitely. Um, just, um... And, you know, he came from such a wrestling family. Both sides of his family, you know, have wrestling entrenched in them. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of wisdom that he probably innately just had Mm -hmm. picked up just by being around the business that he was sharing and imparting on people. Yeah. And that's another thing that kind of will be lost because, you know, everybody's talking about how kind he was and how much time he had for everybody and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hopefully Eric Roman and Bo Dallas. Oh, God. Are doing well because, you know, yeah. those are his, those are his, his, you know, good, good, good friends. So, yeah. It's just tough. Oh, Dallas, and it's like that's two of your best friends gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's tough. It's real. That's real, so sad. It's real tough. And them, them kids, just four young kids. Right. JoJo just had that baby. Right. Oh. I mean, it's just as it's as bad as like you know when um, Jay Briscoe passed away. You know, it's. Older yeah. you understand it you know so mm-hmm. people who are this young and still competing it's hard to understand it yeah accident illness or just you know it's all a tragedy yeah you know so it's so sad yeah man so I'm gonna go back and probably watch my the Wrestlemania 2014 mhm 2015 rather the outside one I think that's when he wrestled I want to say that's when he wrestled Rusev or Rusev came out of the tank but I think that's when Rusev wrestled John Cena I can't remember Mm -hmm. who Bray Wyatt wrestled but I know that was like the first time I was like oh man Bray Wyatt at Wrestlemania the entrance I can't wait I'm so ready because we started this podcast in October 2014 so the Royal Rumble of 2015 was our, well, Survivor Series, but, you know, Survivor Series is kind of hit or miss, especially then. So, Royal Rumble was our first big, like, big, big pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it set up uh, Bray Wyatt to have a really good WrestleMania. And I was like, oh, I cannot wait for this WrestleMania. Rusev and Bray, they were the two the two guys that I kind of like tuned in for and then kind of figured out the flavor of everybody else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, this is, this is tough. So, yeah. Salute for Bray Wyatt, man. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. You know, I was, um, like I said, just ready to come on here and talk about Terry Funk's crazy ass and mm-hmm. laughs and just, you know, have a upbeat celebration for him just because his wrestling career spanned like my mom's career and my life too. <laughs> my mm-hmm. mom and, and mine too. So, you know, mm-hmm. so just like. 40 years probably of in wow. 
yeah in-ring stuff so like as a kid like being a wrestling fan at like five years old mm-hmm. I can watch in wrestling with my stepdad my mom and aunts and uncles family whatever older people talk about oh the funks and the briscoes oh the funks and the briscoes oh boy it's nothing like the funks and the briscoes oh mm-hmm. nothing like Derek, uh, uh, Dory Funk and, and Jack Briscoe or, or Terry Funk and Jack Briscoe you know it's like so I never at that time never seen him he wasn't in our area in our territory but everybody mm-hmm. always reference Terry Funk or the Funks the Funk Brothers as a tag team so then um, in 1989 he comes into the end of the NWA which became WCW which was our territory so Ric Flair comes off this epic trilogy with Ricky Dragon Steamboat he mm-hmm. wins the third match and he's getting celebrated as like the rest of the year because this is in like February or March I think it might be in March so mm-hmm. he's getting like you know um, congratulated as like a wrestler of the decade or something like that and um, Terry Funk is there to present the award to him and so it's right after the match and so they have this exchange and Flair says something to him and it pisses Terry Funk off mm-hmm. and Terry Funk attacks him yeah and so they set up this uh this feud that goes through like the summer of 1989 right and mm-hmm. it's just wild like it's the first time I ever saw somebody get power driven through a table brick he almost got everything he almost got wrestling kicked off uh, TBS because he put it in really over Ric Flair's oh. head and tried to suffocate him oh, oh my god national TV jeez <laughs> oh my god guys it's supposed to be for play play yeah, yeah Terry Funk uh, was just crazy a wild boy yeah <laughs> super crazy and like the you know cowboy wrestler like you know mm-hmm. like if you want to be a quote unquote cowboy wrestler you're going to take something from Terry Funk right so now mind you this wasn't even including like in the 80s when he was in Memphis feuding with Jerry Lawler when he was in WWE feuding with Junkyard Dog so he was like still like a main player throughout Mm -hmm. everywhere right so I don't know if you remember uh, there's a famous match between The Rock and Mankind that happened during the Super Bowl. they had the empty arena match uh, I don't know if I was watching that it was on, I might have started watching a little bit after yeah it was on Sunday Night Heat but it was called Halftime Heat and so during mm-hmm. during the um, halftime of the Super Bowl one year mm-hmm. Rock and Mankind had an empty arena match well, they from Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. Oh, okay. I forget that Jerry Lawler used to actually wrestle and not just talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so him and Jerry Lawler have this, like, um, this match, this empty arena match in the Mid-South Coliseum. It's just them, a camera crew, and Lance Russell in there. And, like, you can hear, you know, all the Terry Funk, all these mannerisms and stuff. And so uh, there's this point where um, Jerry Lawler is, like, 
I forgot the end of a chair or something, but he's like gouging it in his like eye or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And so, oh Terry Funk, so, they, so Terry Funk like gives up, quits with her, right? So then they interview him after the match, and Terry Funk just goes on this that some of a bitch tried to take my eye out. He was like, Terry, 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 you know we can't have that type of language on television. He was like, everybody's seen it. So yeah, Terry Funk. <laughs> Wow. Um, there's this one uh, interview where he's like, he's talking about somebody's mother. It's always a famous quote, but it's like, she's a whore. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, you know, different times, of course. <laughs> so then Terry Funk goes from 1989 WCW, early 90s WCW. Then he starts going mm-hmm. to Japan. He was already mm-hmm. a legend in Japan from the 70s. Him and mm-hmm. his brother were like major players in Japan in the 70s and early 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got matches against the Road Warriors and all kinds of like awesome matches that you could never see in the United States in Japan. Okay. all these. Oh. Yeah. Straight. New Japan wrestling has been out that long, or was it like just like all Japan and New Japan? They were in. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You you really want to see some cool stuff? Uh huh. Uh huh. Look up the Funks in all Japan. Look up the British Bulldogs in all Japan, and look up the Road Warriors in all Japan for wrestling. Like. The entrances of the Road Warriors are just amazing because they're throwing these little Japanese people out of their way. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) They're running like Godzilla when they're coming down the aisle, too, because they like kick open the um, locker room door, and when they come. Uh There's like people standing all in the way, and they are just bum rushing their way through them. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. like a cartoon. Right. <laughs> right. So, so he was really big in Japan, like you know, as like probably one of the most famous one or two American wrestlers in the history of Japan. Mm-hmm. So then he goes back to Japan, but then he starts doing like death matches. Oh. Yeah, so he starts doing all the the thing that John Moxley um, had the 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 barbed wire rope uh-huh. exploding ring match. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's what Terry Funk was doing in the mid nineties in Japan. Oh gee. Oh, so I know there were no regulations. Damn, in the nineties. Yeah, FMW, uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Uh, so they had like all these crazy, and then they had like this King of the Death match in '95, and that's the one where um, Mick Foley loses his ear. Oh, Funker wrestling in a barbed wire ladder match or some shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, okay, now like Terry Funk is like at this point in the '90s, he's probably getting close to like 50 years old. Right? Terry. Yeah. No. So this is like 95, 96. Uh-huh. Okay. So then in like him and Terry, him and uh, Mick Foley go to Japan. They're doing all these crazy matches. They're getting a bunch of buzz or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, like he branded, he took a freaking branding iron, set it on fire and put it to Mick Foley's body. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes. This is the, these are the type of things that they were doing in Japan. Oh my God. <laughs> So then he comes back to the United States and him and Cactus Jack form the tag team and he's Chainsaw Charlie. 
right oh at the God. beginning of the Attitude Era, they go up against the New Age Outlaws. Uh-huh. I have a few with them. Terry Fox out here, 47 years old, 48 years old, doing moonsaults in the trash cans and shit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sir, your body. Yeah. I need you to care about it. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous, right? So then he leaves the uh he leaves um he leaves WWE, you know, kind of maybe in like 98, right before that mm-hmm. dude there really like kicked in the high gear. But he was right there at the beginning of it. Like right, he, like they basically, him and Cactus Jack made Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was his thing. He, he liked to find young guys and get them over. Mm-hmm. So then after that, he goes to ECW. And wrestles in ECW. And, and it's like the hardcore legend in ECW. So, yeah. So, Terry Funk has been everywhere. Did Just not caring about his body <laughs> in each iteration. You know why? Because he was why? smart. Terry oh, Funk God. was the first wrestler to, like, understand that if you got in enough movies, you could get SAG insurance and be set. Oh. That is smart. Mm-hmm. So now, Sasha Banks has appeared uh-huh. in enough seasons of um, Mandalorian. Now, this is her third season that she mm-hmm. should be good for the SAG insurance. So oh, now, good for her. So now, whatever she does in wrestling, she's covered for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's he. Uh, uh-huh. He, um, Stone Cold interviewed him, Terry Funk when he like mm-hmm. the first season he has podcasts like the first year, he's one of the mm-hmm. guests, and uh, he basically was like, well Terry, he was like, you know what got you into the movies? He was like, well to be honest with you, Steve, he's like I needed a way to get insurance. He was like, you know I, I needed knee replacements and elbows from you know the wrestling, and I didn't mm-hmm. stop wrestling. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't you know what making enough money to you know at one time wrestling to pay for all the bills he was like so mm-hmm. he was like sag insurance and it was like once you do i think it was like if you have to do like a movie or be in something at least once a year for three straight years or something like that I think mm-hmm. oh. a qualification for it he's like yeah he's like now once you get qualified for it you got it he was like once you get it you got it and he like yeah so I got the insurance so you know now when I need these surgeries or whatever I just find a doctor and go get it done that's really a shame that they have to do that in the 90s and now they still have to that's wild to me yeah yeah he's in Roadhouse if you've ever seen that movie with Patrick Swayze no I've heard of it but I've never seen it yeah he's in that he's in that movie that's probably the one of the movies that he's most famous for being in really yeah not Dirty Dancing no, not, uh, not, not. Oh, you meant Terry Funk. I was like, the Dirty Dancing. Well, Nobody says Baby well, in the Corner. <laughs> a different genre in a different segment of the population. Yes, Dirty Dancing uh, is probably the first uh, movie they <laughs> associate that, that or Ghost is what they associate Patrick's with. Yes. Then for oh, another segment of the population, it would be Roadhouse. Oh, I've never seen Roadhouse. Is it about just like a bouncer? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yep. So, like, Patrick Swayze is like the new guy. Uh huh. And uh, Terry Funk is kind of like the grizzled veteran, kind of showing them the ropes or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
maybe I'll watch it one day and I'll report back on my thoughts. <laughs> but yeah, man, Terry Funk, man, is crazy, 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 crazy. He's got all kinds of phrases, egg sucking dog. <laughs> He's like, he yellow. He got a yellow streak a mile long. That was one of his. Uh, I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his famous uh, promo things. Yeah, man, Terry Funk, like, what Dean Ambrose thinks he is is what Terry uh-huh. was. Actually, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Egg sucking dog is a wild phrase, and I'm gonna pepper it into my vocabulary from here on out. <laughs> I just want you to understand that. So if it comes out of my mouth, it's your fault. <laughs> you and Terry Funk. So man. So yeah, so we'll try to brighten things up thinking about uh all the craziness and wildness of Terry Funk. But um yeah. some of his accomplishments, he was a NWA world tag team champion. Like he was a legendary tag team wrestler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He became the NWA world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was the NWA world champion for like three years and basically oh, wow. the schedule drove him crazy. He, oh, okay. he was away from his wife for too much. He could Oh yeah. So he basically was like, here, give it to somebody. <laughs> somebody. Yeah. Get somebody else to do it. Yeah, I don't want it anymore. So like when it when it came over to him, it was mm-hmm. between him and Harley Race. And, I don't know who that is. Okay. Well, Harley Race is another <laughs> legendary NWA champion. Okay. So at the time, the politics said it went to Terry Funk because he had a college education and Harley Race did. And they wanted oh. to be like... That's a little or whatever, right? Yeah, right. How snobby! So they always, so Harley Race has always had beef with Terry Funk. Over but it's not Terry's fault. It Number one, it's not his fault. It wasn't, but but like they feel like his brother and his dad. That's what mm-hmm. Harley Race always thought. Oh. Influence over. Like, oh, okay. Like his brother was the champion too. Dory Funk oh, had been the world champion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so they were like nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I got it. So you. then when when Terry Funk gave the title up and was like, I don't want it anymore, the schedule's killing mm-hmm. Dan Harley. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. So I bet he was like not really happy because he was like, Oh now I get it because it's like a like a throw. Damn. Then Harley Race got to a point where he was in his like mid forties or whatever, and mm-hmm. the schedule had got to him. And then mm-hmm. he was like, "That's when Ric nah. Flair won it." And then Ric Flair, oh. Ric Flair loved the lifestyle. Everybody yeah, else was like, he's like being away from my wife and kids. <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, everybody Woo! else was like, "This belt is killing me." Ric Flair is like, "Oh no, <laughs> sign me up." They're like, "I want my family. I want to be home guard." Ric Flair's like, "Let's be out in the street with the hoes." Oh my god. (laughs) That's exactly right. So now we'll try to transition to AEW. (laughs) Oh so enthusiastic. (laughs) I got some questions for you, my friend. He doesn't have any answers. I just want you to know that. (laughs) He has no answers. (laughs) He's just going to look at you unblinking and 
shrug. Give me the Diddy, the Diddy <laughs> from the uh, whatever that game show was with Diddy. Yeah. Having a stare. But, yeah, but like more crazy. <laughs> but like way more dilated because alleged drugs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're going to do it a little bit different. We've got um, the dark. We've got um, all in coming up this weekend on Sunday, 1 p.m. So you can. Oh, it is a Sunday. Yeah, you can watch your AEW for five hours in the middle of the day instead of uh, at prime time hours at night. So, you know, from one to five or five thirty might be a little doable, more doable than yeah. eight to twelve thirty on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's if I remember that's happening. I'm probably going to be in the middle of a nap, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but, uh, see what instead of previewing the uh, card first, we're gonna review the dynamite first because there's yeah. a lot of changes mm-hmm. that you have to go through the dynamite first to get to for the card to make sense. So we start with what is supposed to be the elite versus the Bullet Club gold, but it's a semi-special. A brawl breaks out before the bell. Juice Robinson grabs a chair. The referee takes it away. So Juice knocks the referee down as the fight continues. Young Bucks get taken out. Jay White then comes in to help with the beat down. Here comes Takeska to lay out Kenny Omega. Then FTR comes out to help the Young Bucks clear out the uh, Bullet Club goal. So that leaves Kenny Omega and Takeska in the ring. And then uh, Takeska's kind of getting the best of them, but Kenny comes back. He almost gets them into one-winged angel, but Takeska escapes and leaves the ringside area, and there is no match due to uh, uh, the brawl and the referee getting taken out and just chaos tonight. So I have no idea this happened because I forgot wrestling was on and I came in like 12 minutes late. So this (laughs) missed all of it. I missed all of it. Oh, they started out near and dear to your heart. Well, no idea. Just chaos all over the place. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) I remember wrestling was on like 15 minutes too late. No idea this happened. So in the middle of the show, we were talking about it, where they're like, thanks for saving us. I was like, when they do that? <laughs> no, I thought it was on Rampage. No idea it was at the beginning of the show. Well, he learns something new every day. <laughs> MJF does a sit-down interview where he says this match in London is the biggest of his career. because hit him next to the giants of this sport. We see a clip of MJF and Adam Cole. And uh, he says that he's not trying to work us, the people. But Adam Cole has made him a better person. He understands why people don't trust him. And for once, he's vulnerable. He'd like us to go with him. And he's ready to be our scumbag. Okay. This was good. Yeah. I was like, all right. It wasn't too long. I was like, all right. Okay. It's MJF on the mic. It's effective. It's Renee doing her thing with him, kind of trying to antagonize mm-hmm. situations because she's yeah. good at that. Showing footages of almost betrayals, mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. stir up trouble. So we have John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix. Um, they do John Moxley and Ray Phoenix things back and forth yeah. with each other. Mm-hmm. And then in typical AEW fashion, a super death rider from off the freaking top rope. It's a two count. 
and then he put him in the rear naked choke and made Phoenix step out. Like the anger in your voice. He just dropped a man from fifteen feet on his head. <laughs> but no, he still takes the kick out. I mean, come on, folks, for the sake of everything that's kinda realistic about this. Do we really need to choke a man out after you just dropped him on his head from fifteen feet? I mean, really? Apparently, yes. Um, Every time I hear somebody say he dropped the most, all I think of is that like X Men thing where he's like, "Oh, Charles, my hand," <laughs> and the juggernaut. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's all I think. Of. I don't know if you know, like the X Men cartoon with Juggernaut and Charles Xavier, who was always just fucking with people's head, and he would just be like, "You're in my hand, Charles. Charles, my hand." Every time. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> the first thing I thought of. But yeah. That's, I'm like, all right, sure. I guess I. I mean, I guess you can be glad that it didn't like pull out like a fucking spork or some shit and try to grab somebody's eye out. So like, well, hold right on. side. I'm not finished <sighs> because after the match, the Blackpool after. Combat Club come out. And they go after Phoenix with a freaking crowbar. Yeah. Eddie Kingston and Pentagon they come out to kind of even things up. And then mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. of nowhere, we see Ortiz cutting him off so they can't get down to the ring. He's got uh, a homie sock in his hand. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Kingston's like, what the is going on? You, I thought you was... And then all of a sudden, Santana comes out of the entrance and they fight him with the Blackpool Combat Club. A do what? I don't know. I don't know either. But you know what I do know. was beefing. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I did scream when I saw Santana and that curly ponytail. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did. I did. I popped. <laughs> so these two are back. They beat down Penta and Phoenix in the alleyway. I mean, in uh, Pentagon Jr. in the alleyway. Then all of a sudden, we flash back to the ring and we just see Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, face down. And the referee and the uh, commentators are like, oh my God, they just hit Phoenix in the head with a crowbar. They did what? They did that before, though, didn't they? I don't think so. I think when, um, um, short sleeve turtleneck um came out i think they hit him with the with the crowbar i think the commentary just caught it too late because i thought that happened before i don't know whatever (laughs) somebody got hit anyway (laughs) they 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 go back on replay and they show us you know phoenix getting stoned with the crowbar Mm -hmm. and so he gets stretched out so now they have to make an amendment to the stadium stampede. So instead of a six-on-six six match, now it's five-on-five. Five. Mm-hmm. So there you go with that. <laughs> Phoenix has um, he's had he had issues with his with his transportations, so there oh. isn't a way for him to get into to the Londons. So they. Oh. Oh dang! It's a hell of a way to get taken out. I mean, yeah. Still can't get over though. You dropped a man off the top rope on the top of his head, and he mm-hmm. kicked out. Yep. Well, <laughs> new age booking, guys. That's what happens? 
<laughs> try to take things for how they are and roll uh-huh. with it to enjoy mm-hmm. it. it is, you you know, yes. I, there's still some old man shaking his fist at the crowd moments within that. Yeah. It's like me and tag team. I need to know who's the legal man or else I'm, I'm going to lose my shit. All right? <laughs> right. Somebody tell me. <laughs> So, um, after the break, uh, Eddie Kingston is wandering around. They're despondent as they load up Phoenix and put him into the ambulance and drive him away. Mm-hmm. They're just beside themselves that he, this man just got, you know, hit in the head with a crowbar. And uh, here comes Renee trying to get some words. And he was like, man, mm-hmm. what? If you don't get it, mm-hmm. you want me to fix it, huh? You want me to fix yep. it? Okay, I'll fix it. I'll fix it in London. You see what you I felt him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt him. I felt him. Like, because oh. you know what? I said the same shit. <laughs> like, oh, I tried to fix it. You want me to fix what now? We got crowbars to the head. We got all this bullshit. He brought my own Puerto Rican homies to come and fuck some shit up. Now what? Oh, I'm fixing it, though. I'm supposed to fix it. He, he's out here pulling out forks and trying to take people's eye out like he's a fucking ogre. But I'm fi- I'm supposed to fix it. I I was with him. I felt him. Yep. Same. My tweet. I was also Eddie, annoyed. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, too real for TV. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's why I love him. Exactly. It's <laughs> like... He's like, he's like, man, what are you doing here, of all people? Yeah, right. Trying to ask me right. Questions. Didn't you see what your husband just did? Exactly. <laughs> your husband just did all this bullshit, but you, you were yelling at me earlier, talking about, tell him to fix shit. Tell him to do it. Yeah, I felt it. I felt it. Uh, earlier in the day, the former Jericho Appreciation Society members and Sammy Guevara argued over Chris Jericho's loyalties. Uh, looks like they might be setting up a match between Guevara and Danny Garcia. Probably. Most likely. So you can see your aggressive hip thrusting. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> it's just still, it unnerves me still. <laughs> We have a contract signing between Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho. Ospreay talks about how this match will be the biggest payday, his biggest payday, and will set him towards making more money so he can take care of his family and set him on his way to his contract being up in six months. Jericho says that he was the one who called Will Ospreay to tell him to tone it down before he ended up in a wheelchair by the time he was 30. They have to be separated. And uh, after the contract is signed, no blows, though. And uh, so, yeah, we got our match. I'm glad you pay attention, Caesar, because this was all on you for me. I said, I don't care about this. Oh, it was on you. I was pretty, pretty <laughs> good because he was talking about how, um, like, he, he this is the biggest match for him. This match means a lot for him because it's going to be a big mm-hmm. payday because he's got a stepson at home and he needs to take get this money for his education. He was like, man, I'm going to be on an indie. He's mm-hmm. like, you know how bad... He's like, I'm out here doing this. He's like, I'm going to be in an Indy the night before uh, mm-hmm. this match. And, you know, because I, I got to feed my folks. So, yeah, he has some pretty good motivation. So, he's actually pretty good on the mic. 
Um, now we get to sit down interview with Adam Cole, baby. So he looks at a highlight package of his friendship with MJF. We also see the clips of Roderick Strong and the Kingdom having some issues with both of them, which just springs Adam Cole to his feet. He's yelling at Renee for causing problems. And it's like, there is absolutely nothing wrong between me and MJF. Which tells me there's everything wrong between him and MJF. The dichotomy <laughs> of the two reactions, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Adam Cole is feeling guilty about the plan that he's setting. <laughs> I feel like the guilt is getting to him because he felt all good because he was like, well, MJF is evil, so it's fine that I'm playing him. But now he's starting to feel bad because he's starting to like MJF and he's like, shit, the plan. <laughs> this is good soap opera. I like it. Now, we're going to have to take a minute to digest this. Uh-huh. Because you wouldn't have known who was legal in this match because there was no legal man because everybody was legal. Oh, God. Because it's Darby, Allen, and Nick Wayne. Uh-huh. AR Fox and Swerve and a Texas Tornado tag team match. Oh gosh. So a spinning fisherman suplex on Nick Wayne gets a two count. AR Fox misses a 450 splash and Nick Wayne puts him in the European clutch. If you're familiar with Zack Sabre Jr., you know what I'm talking about. And he pinned AR Fox. Now, is it beating AR Fox from pillar to post? Like, they're trying to pin him. He keeps kicking out. Swerve is cocky, letting AR Fox. They're uh-huh. kind of like double teaming him, and then he's letting AR Fox get the pin on him. And uh-huh. Nick Wayne's kicking out. So they'll do like another double team move, and Swerve will like play to the crowd, and then Nick Wayne will kick out. Then uh-huh. this fisherman's buster, and then he goes up for the 450, and again, Swerve has his back turn. So when he misses the damn thing and he hears the count when he hears two he turns around and sees oh shit Nick Wayne is pinning AR Fox he tries to help him Darby Wayne grabs him Darby Allen excuse me grabs him they get so after the match Swerve gets on the mic and says he's disappointed in AR Fox that everything about him is disappointing he's a loser this was a test he says he couldn't even beat 18-year-old Nick Wayne, so there's no way that he could trust him at their match on Wembley Stadium. So he tells Press Nana to handle his light work, and Press Nana gets on the mic and fires AR Fox out of the Mogul Embassy. Brian Cage comes out of nowhere to hit Fox with the drill claw. So Darby and Nick Wayne see what's going on. They double back and chase the mogul embassy out of the ring. Basically, Darby Allen's like, hey man, you know, you saved my life, you helped me out, you did it, I know we had some beef here lately, but you know what, you steal my man's 100 grand, I got you back. Nick Wayne and his mama though was looking like, he tried to kill me two weeks ago. Did you not forget? <laughs> Darby Allen falls on his head every week. He doesn't remember things. <laughs> did you did you not see when they trespassed on our property, assaulted me, left me land and a whole bunch of blood? 
Yeah. You, you, no? Bygone. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Darby asks, like, okay, Swerve, what's up? Who, who, who you got for the match? And that's when Christian Cage comes out. He insults Nick Wayne and his dead father and says, yeah, him and Swerve are now going to be the partners in the match with Sting and Darby Allen. This was like seven storylines that they combined into one like five minute segment. And why did you do that? Why? Why did you have AR Fox in the group if you're just going to kick him out three weeks later? And <laughs> That's what I said. I said, well, what, what, what is this? He came out to beat this boy's ass in a shirt soaked in this boy's blood. I feel like that's some heel shit. Why did you kick him out so goddamn quickly? You got to stretch out your things, please. Who are you? Like Vince McMahon when it comes to the tag team division? Like, no. Stretch it out. Let this play out. I need to Let know it. the genesis as to why they needed to do this. Does AR Fox have issues? Can he, does he have things that don't allow him to travel internationally? Because, you know, I've heard through uh, Mo Meltzer in the Mo Meltzer news segment, check out the rock. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we heard all about everybody who has issues. You know, mm-hmm. we, we heard when the Usos had issues and they wasn't going mm-hmm. to We heard about Ray Phoenix issues and he wasn't going to be in such and such. You know, mm-hmm. and when people have issues, we usually hear about it. Right. But I didn't hear no issues about AR Fox. So for the sake of telling stories and building stuff and keeping things going towards something or maybe trying to get people involved in something that you want them to, they keep doing swerve shit dirty because every time he starts to get something bubbling they snatch mm-hmm. the shit away. Oh, yeah. Look so tight together. I was like, I'm feeling this. They, 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 they heels, they doing some real blackity black shit together. Okay, we, we, can, we can do a little something with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, they terrorize him. You know, Nick Wayne. I like it. Mm-hmm. You love um, fresh teenagers getting terrorized. Yeah, <laughs> he did the same thing with Dominic. That is kind of my thing. I need them to have to pay their dues before they get into this real world of this professional wrestling business. Oh, my God. But, uh, but, but now I don't get none of it, and you don't even explain it. This is... No. This this is just as confusing as the turn on Darby Allen, AR Fox did. But at least AR Fox came back and was like, yo, Holmes, I'm out here starving. You getting this Tony Khan money, you couldn't even pick up mm-hmm. everybody else friends up in this bitch. Oh, how come it took me so long to get how come I had to work and get here on my own when you could have just picked up the phone and got me here? Mm-hmm. Okay, I kinda understood that. Yeah. But I but this don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I was like, so soon. That doesn't make sense. You need to, to drag this shit out. You have Darby Allen in business every week anyway. So, like, you should have had them 
beat Darby Allen and Nick Wayne, even if what they did was cheat and just be real dirty heels about it because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then you drag the story out where like AR Fox is like, well, I had my beef with Darby Allen and um and this Nick Wayne that he brought. And so we took care of that. So like when they're in all the other matches, Swerve is like, so this heel shit, we're going to do heel gang gang shit the whole time. And AR Fox is like, uh, my gang gang shit was just, against Darby Allen. I don't know about this shit. This, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. And have him be real conflicted and have Swerve be like, what's that movie where Tupac was really evil okay. with Omar Epps in them? With Omar Epps in them. What was it? What was it called? What was it called? Oh, oh my God. Um, and they had the gun the and then, no, not that one. Wait, no. maybe. Man, no, there was one of I can't remember. It's gotta be Which Maybe. It was like Tupac and like Omar Epps and like two other friends. And they were like in high school. Maybe it was above the rim. I think so. It's fine. My brain is 95. There's, it's fine. There's, there's people screaming at us right now. They are. But whatever, guys. I can't hear you right now, so it's not helping. <laughs> Your screams are not helping me. So anyway, just have him be just real evil about his shit and have like AR Fox be like, I don't. I don't, I didn't want, I don't want, I didn't want this. And then have like, eventually have Swerve be tired of AR's waffling and then you can bring this in and then it would make sense. Right. Or just keep AR Fox evil. Or have AR Fox just like keep being evil. Because yep. that's fine too. But like, then it would make sense. But like, this just like immediately, no. I don't get it. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, uh, and, so like, weird. Just, I don't get it. And like, evil Uncle Christian, I love you being evil, but I need you to to leave people's dead daddies alone. Please, <laughs> please, please, please. That's it's also movie. triggering. I can't, evil Uncle Christian. I can't because if I meet you and I tell you about my dead daddy, I don't need you to tell me to do things. Okay, you leave that wholesome man alone, <laughs> please. Every time he finds out someone has a dead father, he's like, "Great, material now." Right. It can't always be material. Call you, call you it can't. It needs you to find something else because it's very disrespectful. It's hurtful. And I know. I would want to. I don't care. I would want to beat your ass. I'll take Dark Source mask off and I'll beat your ass, even Uncle Christian. Please. <laughs> Uh, that was our um, this week and what the hell is Tony Khan doing? Okay. For- I like it. <laughs> Allegedly. Gosh. And uh, to clarify for last week, speaking of allegedly, uh, mm-hmm. to clear up the Cash Wheeler situation, uh, uh-huh. he, he did not allegedly pistol whip someone. Uh, uh, it was road rage and he flashed a pistol. Oh, okay. So he just brandished it. Yes. Like, bitch, I got a gun. All right. White man, relax. All right. God. And the way that uh, it was just the way that the person he flashed the gun at described uh-huh. him. Uh-huh. I think it was a black dude. Because uh, it was like, oh. it's just a white dude in a beard with a gun. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, I understand because they'd be like, "Who did it?" I don't know. It was a white man. He was a white man. He had a beard. He had a gun. He had a pickup truck. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. White people look like, "What do you want me to do?" I saw guns in white, and I was like, "Ah, racism!" So I just I freaked out. Yeah, I just by the way the description was, I was like, "Oh, this, this yeah. might have been someone of color." He's of color. <laughs> this is an ethnic. Right. <laughs> He's trying to oh, mind his colored business, and here comes white people and their guns. Um, Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. Quick Skyfall gives Sky Blue a two count, but she can't hit Code Blue. Instead, it's the no future into the destination unknown by Ruby Soho to get the win over Sky Blue. <sighs> she. I don't know. Yeah. I'm bored. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be bored, but I am. Because <sighs> nothing is moving. Nothing is changing. It's just the same story. Like You just got to rotate out somebody that either the outcast or um, Brit is going to go. So I'll swap one out for the other one. Mm. And then that's it. Yep. Stop making your champions be in tag teams. My God. Or having a damn four way tournament every time you need new challenger. Right. Can we, get a, can we build an organic story here? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently that's too hard. Can we set can we set something up where somebody is like building their way towards earning this championship spot and then they get it? Because no, it's their can't time. Do they don't have to go fight six other people to get it. But okay. That sounds like story building. They don't do that here. The acclaim they call out the House of Black only get beaten down for their efforts. Billy Gunn, he makes the save. Billy tells them he tried to walk away, but they've dragged him back in and he issues a challenge for the acclaimed versus the House of Black, but the acclaimed won't have daddy ass. He can't make it. It's gonna be a badass that shows up on Sunday in Wembley. You gotta go back. He's always making matches for people. You gotta go back to the ass tights. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's like, all right. I mean, the claims were very angry. I said, oh, no rapidity raps? Ooh, all right. Yeah, they, they weren't even out there in uh, their like pink gear or nothing. They had like no. sweats. They was, they was about that action. Mm hmm. Um, to be honest, I watched this on YouTube because mm -hmm. it was uh, like 9.50 and I was struggling. And when mm -hmm. I saw the graphic for what the main event was going to be, I said, I'm taking mm -hmm. my ass to bed. I'll see this on YouTube tomorrow. Mm -hmm. With the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles, Ozzy Open versus the Hardys. I was like, not going to watch no Hardys in no main event. Are you serious? Oh. 2023. Oh my God. I wanted to support my man, Jeff. <laughs> Matt superflexes Fletcher into a middle rope splash for a two count with Davis making the save. Back up the Aussie arrow, finishes Jeff and the Aussie Open retain their tag team titles. So I just caught the YouTube version. How, how was the whole match as a whole? Yeah. 
not so I wanted to support my you, of it, my you did <laughs> yes it's like when you watch Raw the Hulu version and it's like an hour and a half and they're like we're gonna cut out this shit that you don't need the YouTube version of this was probably better cause it was like uh, I was like oof first of all I don't really know who Ozzy Open is I don't actually care well wait no who are they fighting they weren't fighting Ozzy Open yeah, they're fighting. They're, uh, they're the ones who are going to wrestle MJF and Adam. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't really know who you are like that. So I don't really care. I was just here to make sure Jeff was okay. And um, it, was, it was rough. It was rough going. So after the match, the Aussies get on the mic. They promise to keep the belts. And here come MJF and Adam Cole. The Aussies beat them down, but Cole and MJF fight back. They go for the kangaroo kick, but it's blocked. Cole's super kick. Almost hits MJF, who catches it coming in and glares at Cole with a different look on his face. Mm-hmm. MJF walks past Adam Cole. He puts the diamond ring on his finger and this looks like it's about to go down. But then he hugs Adam Cole instead, puts the ring in his pocket, and that's how we end the show. Oh, that girl is eating him up. <laughs> that girl is eating him up. He's like, oh, I'm about to betray my best friend. And he's also scary because he's like, if I don't betray him, then what did me and Roddy work all this time for? And then Roddy's going to be pissed. So then what is he going to do? You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You have to betray him. Nope. <laughs> uh-huh. This is the whole hook to this whole pay-per-view. Is what the hell are they going to do? Because all the other matches on here are kind of just, ugh. Mm-hmm. matches that are like got a little bit of okay to it but yeah this is the most intriguing thing that's going to come out of this pay-per-view is what the hell are they going to do mm-hmm. like it's going to start with the with the the dark match with the with the dark match with the pre-show they're going to have a whole fucking lot of people watching this pre-show to see because you got to watch the pre-show to understand the end mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that's what yeah if Tony Khan is smart, which there's... Oh, I don't, don't lie. Debatable. You're having faith. I don't know why you're doing that. This <laughs> wrestling business when it comes to... Uh-huh. But if he's smart, whatever happens in the beginning of the, whatever happens in that match, uh, they have a miscommunication or they somehow win the belts or something, whatever mm-hmm. that result is, is going to greatly play into your psyche when you watch the main event. Mm-hmm. That'll only like be relevant if Adam Cole and MJF sit that man down and be like, listen, we have to make this relevant. I need you to listen to me. Look me in my eyes. Straight in my eyes. Look at me, not the ceiling. Look me in my eyes. Stop blinking. No more blinking because I know you don't know how to do that. So look me in my eyes while you don't blink and I'll try not to blink. And this needs to be relevant. And then we'll see if he listens. He won't, but we'll see. So I don't know. We shall see. So now we're coming to preview the card for All In this Sunday. Use the hashtag All Elite Cast to share commentary with color with us. Special time, 1 p.m. Sunday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, be uh, you won't you can actually watch this show in one sitting and still have your whole evening. Mm-hmm. That's nice. 
I like afternoon things. It's weird sometimes watching wrestling mm-hmm. pay-per-views in the daylight, but mm-hmm. yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it does kind of work out better. And it leaves you more time to catch up if you miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well. The original showing, you know. You make Yeah, and also to find your alternate streams of, of watching. <laughs> right, right. So the pre-show match, Ozzy Open defending the ROH Tag Team titles against MJF and Adam Cole, baby. Um, like I said, this is be the biggest foreshadowing of the night. I have mm-hmm. no idea what the hell they're gonna do here. Uh, I have no idea what they're gonna do with MJF and Adam Cole. Period. I, yeah. That's my review for for both of those matches. <laughs> um, Eddie Kingston. Penta L Zero and the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent taking on the Blackpool Combat Club, Motsley, Claudio Wheeler, Utah, and San- Mike Santana and Ortiz. I don't know how he came back and added a name, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stadium Stampede match. Uh your any any thoughts, mm. predictions? Uh how much I bleeds, feel like bleeds first oh my god Moxley is gonna bleed first okay <laughs> I know it he's ready he's ready for blood to happen um I feel like probably Blackpool Combat Club is probably gonna take it mm-hmm. <sighs> I love best friends okay. so much I and I love the Lucha Bros and I love Eddie Kingston so much but also Santana and Ortiz and that curly ponytail. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm very conflicted. <laughs> but I feel like this is going to be Blackpool Combat. Blackpool Combat? Combat Club. Wow, I know words. I feel like they're going to take this. But it's going to be... It's going to be a lot. What if Daniel Bryan comes in randomly and is like, I'm back? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, didn't think about that. I'm dumb, dumb. And maybe that is, that's how they win, because they'll have an extra man who's full of hate <laughs> and veganism. <laughs> hate and veganism. <laughs> He's just going to shout amateurs at them with a bullhorn and, like, I don't know, probably fucking super kick somebody. We got Chris Jericho taking on Will Ospreay. Um, Ooh. Good luck to Will Ospreay trying to, I make, guess. trying to get something out of Jericho. I mean, yeah. He's going to try his best, but I, I, good luck. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to root for Jericho, but also, um, I don't want to root for Will Ospreay because he tried to have beef with my boy Seth Rollins and we're not going to do that. So this is like the ultimate clash of styles because, you know, Uh Ospreay is a, you know, flippy do specialist. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, he's a flippity doo that man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the one who went viral with Ricochet, like six oh. when they had the they basically did the freaking superhero uh, standoff thing where they. Oh, yeah, that's Will Osprey. I know you've seen. Oh, okay. Play, where they yeah, both end up do do the uh, superhero pose, Avengers pose. Oh, okay. Off against each other. That's Will uh-huh. Osprey. That white guy. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think he had different hair. So like. Yes, he did. If you have different hair, I can't. All of a sudden, my brain is like, that's a whole different person. So. Really <laughs> low key in New Japan from that mm-hmm. moment where him and Ricochet did that and mm-hmm. he went into it with Vader online. That's mm-hmm. his deal. He's always getting into it with people based on. Oh his matches not necessarily like because he got quote unquote beef with people like I don't like it I don't like you but it's uh-huh. often just his wrestling what people think about it and oh okay it's just starting him on social media with people oh so that's, that's oh I got you okay so, um, good luck, like I said, to Will Ospreay dragging Jericho up to a level uh, that he's used to on this particular matchup. Uh, the Golden Elite, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Miss Simi's favorite hangman, Adam Page. They're taking <laughs> Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Takeshka in a three-way matchup. So, I'm rooting for Adam Page. Yeah. <laughs> Singular. Darby Allen and Sting taking on Swerve, Strickland, and Christian Cage in a coffin match. Uh, would much rather had this been AR Fox because, you know, they don't okay. build in the story with him for. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with, like, evil Uncle Christian being like, hmm, you're evil like me. I like it. And for him to come and, tr- and want to be a part of it. No. That's fine. On one sense, it makes sense because Darby Allen's trying to go after the TNT title, which uh-huh. Soros is the owner of, but Christian Cage mm-hmm. is the representative of the belt. No, Christian Cage is the winner. He's, <laughs> it's, it's Christian Cage. So, like, on Collision, Darby Allen and Christian Cage had a match. Mm-hmm. Darby won to earn the title shot against Luchasaurus. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the bigger, in another story that they're telling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this works, right? Yeah. Uh huh. But however, but, but, <laughs> but, yeah, but that's on a whole different other show, on uh-huh. a whole different other night. Uh huh. And you just took that. Mm-hmm. You just devoured this other story that he's been a part of on this totally other show on this totally other mm-hmm. night that you've been cultivating, and you just said, "Fuck it." Uh huh. You know, if they had a thing called continuity, they would have gave us a package, or just have Evil Uncle Christian be like, "So, you're over here trying to take my championship when you are here losing friends and everything." So, or just have. Have a backstage segment where after Nick Wayne and Darby Allen get the brakes beat off of them, or hey, they somehow managed to beat A.R. Fox and Swerve. And Swerve could be pissed. He could be like, these a skinny 18-year-old little white man. Why can't you beat the skinny 18-year-old white man? Wrong! Grasp this guy. And then have evil Uncle Christian just slide in there and be like, hey, do you want help taking care of this problem? Because we also have this problem. Let's get together and fuck this shit up. Done. There we go. Together. And then it tells both stories simultaneously. And you can still have AR Fox be like, I'm pissed at Darby Allen, but I don't trust you, evil Uncle Christian. And this man who thinks he's a dinosaur, I don't know what's happening here. I just want revenge. What, what's, what's going on? And you can still tell 
both stories but they don't like good things so here we are <laughs> that's a frustrated sigh <laughs> this is you know I've been kind of bobbing and weaving with Tony Khan here for the last couple of months uh-huh. as this show has gone from here and fro to here and there to everywhere mm-hmm. yes but this week right here was just a cold stop for me. <laughs> like, man, I, I, the end of the line. Yeah, I, I can't bob and weave with you on this one, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, you're taking me to too many changes, and and I guess mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's also a product of me watching too much AEW at this point by, by me. Yeah. Keeping up with Collision. Mm-hmm, see, that's what happens. It's like you bleeding two different stories from two different shows. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna, I gotta move on. I'm gonna get frustrated all over again. Yeah, okay. yeah. See, mm-hmm. we got the House of Black <laughs> defending their AEW Trios Championships against the acclaimed and uh, badass Billy Gunn. Um, so I wonder if this will be the ultimate Billy Gunn retirement matchup. Or if they're going to give him the Probably. trio's titles. They might give him the belts. Oh, God. Who's the trio's title? Oh, it's uh, House of Black. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. That can't take it away from my Brody. No. I will, I will not have it. FTR taking on the Young Bucks. They defend the AEW World Tag Team titles. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. I mean, they're gonna do a million things to not let FCR win this match. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Nah. As long as they don't come in with the car and like flash their lights, I think they'll be fine. So like, I don't know. We all know there's no universe in which the FCR or work or should lose to the Young Bucks, except for the ones that the Young Bucks control. <laughs> Maybe they'll surprise us. Because remember when these are uh, remember when you were, I mean, remember when they lost against Private Party and we're like, what? So maybe it'll be that. I miss Private Party. Bring them back. I think I was like together. I think um, Cassie's hurt. Damn. Not not uh, uh Quinn. My Quinn. Yeah, I think he's hurt. Still. Yep. Shit. Yeah. It's been so long. When you do high risks and <sighs> don't get the reward, the consequences are long lasting. Ask uh, do- Martin. Oh my god. Oh my boy. My other nephew. Mm-hmm. Um in a match that has potential. But God, I don't know how they're gonna book it. I kind of do. I have three people I know for sure who could be in the mix. We got mm-hmm. Sheeta defending her AEW Women's Title against Tony Storm, Soraya, and Britt Baker D D. Yes. They can't put this belt on Soraya, can they? Can she even? They, they better not. No. Like not. It's- not like wrestle like can she wrestle more than like one night in a row no (laughs) she can't (laughs) she can't wrestle more than 10 minutes I mean they won't let them but like she can't do it no 
So absolutely not. Like for the for the eighty thousand in the hometown and the pop and the visual is something that I'm sure they're considering. No, let them cry. So let's say that they're gonna err on the side of no, she she can't win because she can't legitimately defend the title to be a you know respectable women's champion, right? Mm-hmm. So that brings me down to Tony Storm and Sheeta. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. We just put the belt on Sheeta. Do we have to give it back to Tony Storm so soon? No, we don't. Because I'm sorry, Tony. We, they did nothing with your ring. It's not her fault. They did nothing. It's not her fault. But they had the matches, they they had they, but they don't know how to make them big time and profile them and put them in legitimate spots on the card to make. How about you open the show with a good women's match for once? Why would they do that? And not put it in that <laughs> nine fifteen spot where you know you about to get commercial two commercial breaks in the span of your match that's what kills that's, the, spot. that's what kills the women's match it's the mm-hmm. picture in picture yeah no matter how good or how bad it is when it goes to picture in picture it's like oh that's happened because when it comes back they only gonna wrestle for like two minutes and it's over yep because again I got a small TV I gotta squint real hard in order to pay attention and then there's like a Domino's commercial you're talking to me about pizza and I can't I don't I can't focus so right so how about the second match on the night that always gets you know 12 minutes and like 8 of it is uninterrupted how mm-hmm. about we, how about the women get that spot Nah, that sounds too much like right. You build up their stories and their matches from that spot. Mm, nah. Why do that? <laughs> but yeah, I'd really like to see Sheeta maintain this and, and kind of get a, a, a nice run with the title. Yeah. And maybe we can eventually get a Sheeta versus Jamie Hayter match or uh, yeah give me that at some point they're going to introduce Thunder Rosa back into the women's division or they're going to create a women's championship for Thunder Rosa on collision like they did for Punk I, I don't know but they got to um, they got I don't want Thunder Rosa back with them ladies I don't I don't so I don't want her back her with her own locker room like they gave Punk so she gets like <laughs> Athena and all the people she cool with on her own yeah Honestly, at this point, because if y'all don't know how to coexist, then just don't be together. And I don't think it's fair that she should have to go back to a locker room of all them people just talking shit about her when she literally couldn't come back because she hurt her back. Shut up. So I don't want her over there. And, and can none of them girls beat her up. You can't hang with her. She, not in the ring and not in real life. She was so, one of them. She would go full MMA on their ass. Yeah. So I don't want her to have to like dim her light 
or just like have to be also respectful and like um deferential to those white women because as soon as you know as a woman of color as soon as you get a little spicy like you deserve to all of a sudden they crush their pearls and they want to cry and oh my god why you're not a girl's girl and white people so i'm tired i don't want her to have to deal with that so i feel like if they can give punk his own shit give thunder rosa her own shit I really like to see Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the NXT team could do with the crop of AEW girls. More than AEW could dream of. More than they could dream of. If they had Jade Mother Tucking Cargill, do you know how fast they would be like, Bianca, do you want to go down to NXT real quick and have a program with Jade Cargill? If they had freaking Sheeta, do you know how fast we could have gotten some kind of Joshi tournament? They would have been like, hey, come here, everybody, everybody, just just come. EO, EO, do you want to come down back here just real quick? Just real quick. Asuka, just, just, just one time real quick. And that would have given us a whole Japanese... Miko. Oh, Miko. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah against Sheeta would be fire. They would have given us a whole riot squad back together without Sarah Logan because she doesn't know what deodorant is. <laughs> like, if they had the talent that AEW has, plus the talent that, like, NXT, they would have had a fucking ball. And they don't get it right all the time. They don't. And when they don't, I complain about it. But damn it, they do better. <laughs> every time even their worst is 10 times better than what they do with the AEW women's division right right because I I still say that the AEW fans would mm-hmm. accept the Willow Nightingale championship run they're a heartbeat how do you not love Willow Nightingale look at it just look at it that smile the pounce, the hair, just the baby face energy that she exudes. She is basically their Bailey. <laughs> She's basically their Bailey. She's giving you perfect baby face on a freaking platter. On a freaking platter. And you won't take it. Why? <laughs> Why not? And they just won't do it. This doesn't make any sense. But hey, I understand why it took Bailey so long to break through uh-huh. because I mean, look uh-huh. at the people who are in front of her, right? Right. So you know, it, it took a minute mm-hmm. to kind of you know you had to get Charlotte out of the way, you had to get um, Sasha out of the way, and then she was the one who really got a chance to shine and it was Becky who was always the like the low girl on the totem pole yeah in the early years of the WrestleCast mm-hmm. that was the joke the joke was always Becky Lynch like oh man they yeah. didn't have nothing for Becky oh they treat Becky Lynch so bad she always gets the scraps of everything like she is because def- they didn't know what to do yeah she- like Vince didn't know what to do with this red haired woman even at NXT, it was like, oh, she is definitely mm-hmm. the the fourth member of them. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
like when I started um, watching like back episodes of NXT, because like again, I didn't know NXT was a thing really. Like the iteration of NXT I knew was like when Naomi and AJ and them were competing to be on the spot. So that's like the NXT iteration that I yeah. So like when like Sasha and them like debuted, I was like who. Who are you? And so I went and I found out who she was. And I saw all of them. I was like, okay, I like this baby face with this little crooked ponytail. I like this. And like, I liked Becky Lynch. It was like the version of her that they had in there was like, they were had they had her and Sasha be like, listen, this is a business relationship. We're trying to take out Bailey. We're trying to take out Charlotte so that it can be us two for this fight. We're not friends. And it was like that, like, kicking ass like I'm a tough girl blah 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 and then once she got to like the main roster Vince was like oh we're just gonna have you be dumb and not understand that Charlotte is a heel and that she's not really your friend and we're just gonna have you be kind of corny but like corny in a bad way cause like Becky she's like a little bit corny like if you just watch her like outside like the WWE stuff She's a little bit corny. She loves puns. And I enjoy that. But they went like, it didn't translate as well mm-hmm. when they like did it on the show. And then she was like a steampunk lady for a while. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What's happening? So like, yeah. they didn't understand her. Thanks to the right hand of Nia Jax. It yep. changed. It all changed. Well, she was kind of changing it, but then the right yeah, hand of Nia Jax. But then that went. And then she started calling Ronda Rousey a weirdo, which was funny, and just pulling up on Charlotte wherever she could. That was, ooh, that made my day. Every time she would just pull up on Charlotte and like, in like Forever 21 or some shit. It was funny. It was great for me. Loved it. It's funny how something that was a total accident in the moment turned to be probably her biggest moment of her like well not her biggest moment but the moment that turned her career and said it yeah because she knew how to like just take it and capitalize on it mm-hmm. because she didn't like cow would be like oh my gosh she just still stuck like yeah bitch my nose is running yeah she did i'm the baddest everybody else and complained oh my god Nia Jack tried to hurt me yeah <laughs> she was just like she was just like all right <laughs> all right <laughs> in the words of victoria monet this is my motherfucking moment so she went for it um in our semi-main event, we got CM Punk in his quote-unquote real world championship taking on Samoa Joe. So he's defending the title against Samoa Joe, his version of the Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> what happened to Ricky? He suspended because he... Mom. He, Ricky Steamboat, was their special enforcer for their match. Uh huh. And uh-huh. Punk won, and Ricky started mm-hmm. pissed, put uh-huh. down Ricky Steamboat, mm-hmm. uh, roughed him up a little bit, took up his belt, took the belt what? out of Ricky Steamboat's own pants, and whipped him with it. Uh huh. I don't see a problem. So they suspended him for uh for thirty days, but uh Ricky Starks got a manager's license, so he still. <laughs> but he just can't wrestle. I want Ricky Starks to come out and hit CM Punk 
with a belt again and then for him to lose. Um, and then for him to go against Samoa Joe and for Ricky Stocks to win. Love you, Samoa Joe, but I need Ricky Stocks with the championship around his belt. So he came, That wasn't made by Taz. <laughs> he came out managing Bill on a collision this week. Boo! <laughs> I need to get him away from white men. No, Ricky! I know you're half of them, but no. (laughs) (laughs) And then for the main event of the evening, we've got MJF defending that AEW World Championship against Adam Cole, baby. I'm here for baby with betrayal. And then guess what, folks? Y'all hadn't had enough AEW. We get to do it all over again next weekend, too. Because it's, 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 it's all out on the Labor Day weekend, I think. Oh, oh, it's all in and then all out. Yeah. Oh. Because I forgot all that was happening, too. Let me see That's what the date is. That's a lot. AEW. You know what? If I have this right, yeah. Uh-huh. So next week, get this. Uh-huh. Payback is on Saturday and all out uh-huh. on Sunday. Oh, that's a lot of wrestling. Uh-huh. Plus all their regular wrestling they're going to have leading up to that. That's that's a lot of wrestling. Yeah, I don't know. But they must have just got this date because of the way that the um, the soccer works. Maybe. England. There's no way they probably already, I'm sure they already had all out set and then all of a sudden they got Wembley Stadium and it was like, oh, this is the only date you can do it. Because there's no way you should. Maybe. An event this big coming up this weekend and then like your major pay-per-view the next week. It's just yeah. long. It was probably, yeah. It'll make no sense. Yeah, because how are you going to build two two big cards? You can't even You're not. build one. They can't. It's going to be not great. Yeah, one of these is going to be complete ass. I don't know which one it's going to be, but one of them is. Hey, the way they've been going might be both. <laughs> so um this one will be for the uh the general population so the, we'll give everybody a chance to get a taste of what we do each and every week over here on the patreon page this week with this edition the dark match to get everybody prepared for the uh the all-in on sunday so Anything that you're looking forward to on that card, or is it just kind of- um, um, Adam Page winning things? I hope he does. Um, hopefully, Samoa Joe sweeps CM Punk. <laughs> um, maybe Jade will come back. Hmm. Maybe. So, we'll see. Where's Chris Statlander? Why don't she have a... But never mind. Why would I ask that question? She you can't was, have more than one women match. She was... Uh, her and... Um, was it her? Her and Willow teamed up against Ruby and Tony? I think it was. <laughs> on Rampage. But she should have a match on this card. Always. She is a champion, but fine. Maybe they're saving her match for next week. 
with Ruby. Maybe they forgot she was there. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's what they do. Well, all right, Miss Simi, at this point, I'm going to turn it over to you for your shout outs and thank yous. Well, shout out to you, Don, as always. Shout out to the Rathacast family. Shout out to the CSPN family. Shout out to the patrons who paid a little extra to hear us talk some more. Shout out to you guys in the hashtags because I love reading your commentary. And a big rest in peace to Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. You will be missed. You are a great wrestling mind. Hopefully you are at peace. Thank you once again to Miss Simmy for joining me here on The Dark Match. Thank you to everybody who's listening out there in the world of the CSPN. We greatly appreciate it. Please, if you like what you hear on this episode, become a patron over at the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Um, this is what we do each and every week. Me and Miss Simmy, we sit down and talk about the world of Tony Khan and everything that he's doing over there and all of the backstage shenanigans as well so um, oh I haven't heard anything yet haven't seen any reports from yesterday Mm -hmm. yesterday was the first time that everybody who was in the brawl out was in the same place at the same time oh because they did collision Uh and dynamite in the same night Oh, they had like a row of like like a, a makeshift trailer park set up out back to keep up people like in their end of the until like we clear the building and get all the dynamite mm-hmm. people out and then we let all the collision people in corral them like sheep. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have any uh, mixing or matching of combustible elements. Mm-hmm. Damn segregation. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, so we're we're always uh, here with the latest on the AEW on the dark match and also other wrestling news. Unfortunately, it was of the very sad variety on tonight's edition yeah. uh, of the dark match. Uh, continue to listen to the regular shows on the WrestleCast to rate and review. Give us five stars. Uh, use the hashtag DynamiteCast each and every Wednesday night to share commentary with fellow with us on AEW Dynamite. So for my co-host, Miss Simmy, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and thank you for listening to The Dark Match. Bye. See you on the hashtag.